0: And now, O oh Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of every heart under the sound of my voice today be found acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. And if through the words of this human being we don't hear your voice, O oh God, then we pray that you would speak to each of us here in the quietness of our hearts. Amen. Amen. This month we are spending time in John's Gospel. We began a series last week where we are planting our feet in the Gospel of John for the five Sundays of May. And in our Bibles, as many of you know already, John is the fourth Gospel chronologically. Matthew, Mark, Luke pre- pre- uh, precede John, and scholars throughout the years have noticed a couple of have noticed something about John's gospel. One is that it is nothing like, and it's very different from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the second thing being, Matthew, Mark, and Luke rather all have some similarities to them. They have similar style, they have similar stories in them, but there's just something about John's gospel. That's different and that has always stood out. And one of the distinct characteristics of John's gospel, unlike the other three, is that seven times in John's gospel, Jesus has what are known as the I am statements. And what those are basically is Jesus saying, I am fill in the blank. Now, if I were to present that sentence to you today, stop and think about it for a moment. I am blank. We could fill that blank in with a lot of things, right? I am, you could say, I am sitting on the pew. You could say, I am thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch. You might be thinking, I I am wondering what the preacher is getting at by talking about this so much. You may be thinking, I am happy. I am sad. I am content. There are so many different ways we could complete that sentence. But what we see happen is that seven times... In John's gospel, Jesus completes that statement, not with an adjective, not with a verb, but with concrete nouns of who he is. For example, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in chapter 10, leading up to the verses that we are focusing on today that are printed in your bulletin, we encounter two Of those I am statements. Jesus begins the chapter by talking about the job of a shepherd. What's involved with leading and tending to the sheep? How to protect them? And in verse 7, he declares himself the door to the sheep. And then later in verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd. Very likely, when Jesus starts speaking this language of shepherding, His listeners are likely going to sit up straight and a light bulb is going to go off and they're going to say, wait a second, we've heard this before. That 23rd Psalm of David that we have sung in the synagogue over the years, that where he declares the Lord is his shepherd, could this man, Jesus of Nazareth, be that Lord? The Messiah that David and everyone else was looking for. In fact, that question actually comes up in today's passage. After Jesus' proclamation of himself as shepherd, look with me with what happens in verse 24. The Jews gathered around him and they asked, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah... Tell us plainly. The people of Jesus' day had waited for hundreds and hundreds of years for the Messiah to come and to save them. Jesus has been among them, teaching them, healing, performing signs and wonders, and yet they still don't see that he's the Messiah, or many of them do not see. Some do. Isn't that just like human nature, that the thing we are looking for sometimes It's been right in front of us the whole time. I am sure everybody in this room at some point, if not yet, you will eventually, has had a moment where you have lost something and you search and you search and you search for that thing only to discover that those sunglasses were on your head all along or that those keys were in your pocket, or that wallet had just fallen under the seat of your car and was right there at your feet. As human nature, that is what happens. The things that we are looking for are sometimes right in front of us, and yet we have so much trouble seeing them. And that's how it was with Jesus. He's right there showing the signs showing the wonders and yet so many could not see. So how does Jesus respond to this question? Well, very let's look at verses 25 and 26 to see the beginning of his response. I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. Ouch. You may hear that and say, I didn't want to come to church here today to hear, I don't belong? What was was Jesus talking about, not belonging to him? Well, I'm stopping here for a moment, because so often in Scripture, when we reach a difficult moment like that, where we read something that says, oh, what is Jesus saying? It's so easy for us as humans to back away. And to say to ourselves, I don't like what I'm reading here. And so we, in our confusion, we back away. But friends, any time we're reading the scriptures and we come to one of those moments, that's one of those moments where we need to keep on going. Keep on reading. Keep on studying because what is to come is some, because there is more to the story than just that. But I want I invite you to pause with the discomfort here and remember two things. One is that Jesus knows that there are leaders among the Jews who want him silenced. They want him kicked out. They are scared of him. They don't like what he is teaching. And they will stop at nothing to see that happen. Jesus knows that. And also Jesus sees their hearts. He sees into their hearts. And he can see their motives. He can. He, this is an example of him calling them out. He's basically saying to those who are trying to trick him. Look you're trying to trick me. You're only asking me this because you have an ulterior motive. My signs, my works that you have seen testify to who I am. To my being the good shepherd, the Lord, your shepherd, if you would let me. Be your shepherd, but you don't believe this is who I am. My sheep are those who believe in me. My sheep are those who believe in me, who see me for who I am, and they worship me and they follow me as the doorway to the Father. And this is the best news of all, friends. Jesus does not wash his hands of these people and walk away at this point. No, not at all. He's told them and he told us who he is so many times in so many ways. But he is relentless and he gives them another opportunity to believe. Look at verses 27 and 28. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Jesus says there's a way for you to belong to my sheep. Trust me to, to trust me to be your shepherd. Get to know my voice. I am God himself speaking to you. And oh, the hope you will have when you do. The glory that awaits you if you'll simply believe and confess me as your Savior. And do you notice what Jesus says at the end of verse 28? Look again. No one will snatch my sheep out of my hand. The hand, the palm of the hand. We've heard that before in the scripture, and Jesus' listeners of that day would have heard it too, because yes, the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 49, verse 16, says that God has engraved us on the palm of his hand. Jesus didn't add this to his answer on a whim. He knew that these scholars, these studiers of the Hebrew Bible, knew the prophet Isaiah well. And when they heard him say this, they would say, wait, he's quoting Isaiah. He's talking about his own hand, but could that hand of Jesus of Nazareth be the hand of God held out to us right now? And it gets even better. Look at verses 29 and 30. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Not only will we be kept in Jesus' nail-pierced hand, but through him, when we believe in him as Savior, we are kept in the Father's hand. As well, This is an amazing promise of comfort and peace and safety and security for all who believe and follow Jesus. Now, here's the problem, friends, and this is something we don't often think about. And some of us don't really like to talk about, but there's a difference in just believing in Jesus and following Jesus. It's possible to believe in Jesus as Savior, but not follow him where we confess him as our lord, we repent of our sin and we choose we say we that we want to be like him, we want to be his servant, we want to follow him. And yet that and yet we don't take that next step. following him we believe he died for our sins but then we just go out and do anything we want to and say you know what he'll forgive me for that well yes forgiveness is great and grace is free as the old hymn says for all of us who believe but Jesus expects more of us he doesn't expect us just to believe and then to go out and do whatever we want but instead he wants for us to choose to follow after Him. It is so easy for us, though, to get in this mindset where we believe in Jesus, we confess Him as Savior, and we we confess Him as Savior on Sunday morning, but then we're taking His name in vain on Sunday afternoon. We sing His praise one moment, and then we're using our same words to gossip and to talk badly about others. Friends, it is so easy for us to believe, and it's so hard sometimes for us to follow. And what Christ is asking of us today is to follow Him as shepherd, to realize that we're all sheep, that we need guidance, that we need help, that we need that we need a hand to lead us and a voice to guide us in the way. Now, this is the good news, friends, that no matter and I've I've been saying this to so many people recently, and that is the truth that we can run from God, but God is not running away from us. We can choose to walk away from God, and we can ignore Him, we can run from Him, we can we, we can go away from everything He has taught us to, and He is the father of the prodigal son, still waiting and watching, so He can run to us, but He is waiting for us to turn around and run back to Him. And His love for us is relentless. So, yes, we may ride, we may walk away from God but God is not walking away from us. At the same time, God is standing there waiting and expecting us to follow him, not just to believe, but to follow after him. Believing in Jesus as Savior is only the beginning. We are called to follow his voice, to obey him, to love as he loves, to speak as he speaks, to live differently from what we see in the world, to live in the way of the cross, to live out of the sacrificial love that looks at one Another and does not judge one another, but instead looks at one another and says, I see the image of God imprinted upon you. And yes, we will fail and yes, we will sin, but God's grace is sufficient for all who confess and believe and for all who will choose to turn around and to follow Him. And if we are truly God's sheep, if we desire to be the sheep of the Good Shepherd, if we declare, I belong to Jesus we have to follow after him. And that does not mean that life will be easy. No, sometimes we have to walk through the darkest of valleys when we go the way of the cross. But when we are following him, as we walk, we are surrounded by his mighty hand, the shepherd's hand that knows where we're going. And we are surrounded also by his distinctive voice that is leading us. And it is our responsibility, friends, to learn how to hear that voice and that voice is only learned and it is only recognized by consistently spending time With him, consistently obeying him, consistently choosing daily to take up the cross, to follow him and to invite him to speak into our lives. Not only will the almighty hand of God guide us, but we will hear Jesus's voice, too. But once again, that takes effort on our part and how great the rewards of that effort will be. A couple of weekends ago, I was out of town leading a prayer retreat in uh, the Memphis area for um, one of the districts of the United Methodist Church that is not our district. It's a different one. And I, did, I only knew a few people that were going to be there. Most of the people who came to this retreat, I was meeting for the first time. And as I was um, in the great room, uh, the room where we were gathering, uh, as everybody was starting to come in and be uh, and, and find their seats and everything and gather together, I was working and I heard a voice behind me. And it sounded like, just like, one of your voices. Now, this, it, one of the, the voices of someone who is a member of this church. Now, I've already told this individual this story. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who that individual is. That person is welcome to share that information. Uh, but I heard this voice, and I said to myself, "Why? I didn't know so-and-so was coming to this. How did, she, how did this person even know? That, that this was going on and so I go looking and I'm following this voice I'm like I know that voice from my church well I come to this lady who is oh and I've given you away, away, it's a way that it's a she at least that narrows it down a little bit for y'all of who it might be but I come to this lady and it was not the member of the church but it was somebody who sounded just like her and I went to her and I said you're not going to believe this but you've got a voice twin you have a voice twin in my church, and as I engaged with converse, in conversation with her, it, w- it was like talking to that church member. They were so similar to each other. And one of the things I recognized was that I hear the voice of Jesus in that church member, like I do with many of you. And what I was hearing in this lady was the voice of Jesus as well. Friends, we have to spend time with Jesus, not just so that we can hear his voice speaking to us, but so that we can learn to hear his voice in one another. And be clear on this, friends. A lot of times Jesus speaks to us through the person that we least expected as well. Sometimes Jesus speaks to you through the person you don't want to hear God speak to you through. And that keeps us humble. That keeps us aware. And that reminds us that God is always working on the heart. Just like Jesus saw through to the heart of the leaders who were trying to deceive him. He saw through to their heart and he saw the wrong they were doing. But he still gave them a chance to repent. He still gave them a chance to say, listen to my voice, see my hand, please follow after me. And that is what we are called to do. Let our hands... Be the hands that lead to almighty God's hand where our names are engraved. And let our voice point the way to the Jesus who calls to each of us each and every day. And let us not get weighed down with just believing and then forgetting about him. No, let us believe and thus be empowered to follow, to live, and to be the church that Jesus has called us to be. And may we do so following after him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the blessed three in one, now and forever. Amen.